Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Welcome to Wonderful and Strange. I'm PJ. I'm Celia. And this week we are doing 1992's Candyman, directed by Bernard Rose. Still on the Zoom. No socials. No. No. (laughs) No, at least you can go for more than one walk though now. That's true. I walked 10 kilometres yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Wow. Where did you go? Um, We went to the park and then round... Which way did we go? We went round, went down the hill to the prison. Did we go to a prison? Yeah, we went to the prison and then round the prison. This is the prison. Yeah, round the prison. Yeah. And then um, we like walked along the motorway and it brought us out like near where the business. on bis- the motorway? We're like on the road thing. Oh. Pavement road, not right. road. Not near on it. the motorway. Yeah. yeah, there's like a path that runs along it. <laughs> So it it takes you out to like, you know where the like Holiday Inn is and that. So it oh, takes you to there yeah. and then walk wow. back home. Yeah, it's quite a long Ooh. walk. Yeah, that's a good walk. So you you went to the prison and the motorway. Pretty much, yeah. And we <laughs> went along the canal as well. That was nice. Oh, that's that yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rob's doing um a ten k today, so he wanted to look at his route. Really? Yeah, so he's doing it that now, actually. That's a good idea. Yeah, he's doing it now while I'm recording this. <laughs> so... Sounds like a good Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think he's signed up to something. So he gets a T-shirt and a medal. 
yeah. for doing it. Yeah. But so it was like start separately. It's so um, not near each other. It's just a you do it in your own time and you pick your own route and then you post um, you post the evidence that you've done it basically and then you get that's okay. yeah and then you get your t shirt and medal so yeah it's pretty good. That's a good idea. I don't think I'm ready for ten k yet. I think well, you walked it. I walked so you it. That was enough. Up from there. Yeah. Yeah. I did you two runs it. last. I did two runs last week. Did two five did kilometers? You? Yeah, I did. So we're getting we're getting there. Um, yeah, trying to get a bit fitter. Now it's time. Yeah. When there's not a huge to do, it's a perfect time. That's it, isn't it? Um, I say that. Yeah. I think he wants me to go out today, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I might get in garden today because it's been a bit windy and it's nicer today, so. Check everything's still... It is nicer. Yeah, check everything's still there and it's not blown away. Yeah. Hopefully. Do you know what my <laughs> next project is? Go on. I'm going to... I found some driftwood. Right. And I'm going to cut a chest set out of driftwood. A chest set? Yeah. That's going to take you ages. I've never carved anything before. No. That's... Yeah. That's going to take you ages. You've gone in at a higher level. I should have started something more beginner shouldn't i yeah you could yeah. like make some like statues for your garden Ooh. like wooden animals Ooh. or something could mm. yeah why not and mm. driftwood it's carbon friendly you're literally just taking something that's sitting on the river bank yeah. or bank yeah. or whatever sea bank that's Coast. it not sea bank beach Seabank. <laughs> oh my god. Oh that's funny. Yeah. yeah. That sounds quite good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Make yet. some cash you haven't your kit you're gonna use a kitchen knife to whittle well, your driftwood. I even I Googled the type of knife. I sort of just said, like, mentioned bevel and and, and whatnot. Jesus. Um, but I'm not going to buy one. I'm just going to use a kitchen knife. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So I might need a lift casualty. Okay. I've cut my fingernail off. Okay. Yeah. I've had an accident. I've cut my hand off. Uh, help. <laughs> yeah. I'll be very careful. Please be careful. I'm, very, I'm a very skilled worker. Please be careful. Oh, well. <laughs> I should get one of those gloves that butch wear. You know those chain mail gloves? Yeah, so you can't so cut your hand. Yeah. yeah. I should get one of that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Then you'd be fine. Yeah, I might do Whittle that, yeah. away might, to your might. heart's content. Yeah. Imagine if, if you'd accidentally cut it, you'd have, like, sparks coming off. <laughs> Just don't tell me when you're doing it, because I'll be really nervous. I'll be like, I'm nervous for you. I'm nervous. I'm going to give it a go today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sit in the garden. Will. <laughs> I love it. You've turned into like an old man from the... I have. From the cowboy times, whittling my piece of wood. I have. Yeah. I was watching a um, YouTube video earlier today of an interview with Brian Harvey from East 17. You know when you watched that came up? Yeah. And he was wearing a flat cap. And I actually thought, that flat cap looks kind of cool. <laughs> so I am 
turning into an old man. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that flat cap looks I, good. I like flat caps. Man I'm all about whittling now. Gonna yeah. whittle. I'm gonna whittle everything. Like a, like a stick. You need like a little like whittling step. These sat whittling. Yeah, where I can <laughs> sit and watch people go by whilst yeah. Whilst whittling. Yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine you just sat yeah. on your front doorstep and they're like, she's at it again. What is she doing? She's- Whittling she again. Has gone stir crazy. She's been in her house too long and now she's whittling stuff. Yeah. Thing is, I haven't got an excuse because <clears throat> I've been at work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you haven't. Yeah, you've been at work, so. I'm just, well, I just want to give it a go. I just want to try everything. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's so much to do, isn't it? Yeah. So much to do. Yeah. <laughs> try it out. If it doesn't work, I haven't lost anything because I haven't. Like, spent any money. Yeah, that's it. May as well do, aren't you? Now's the time. Now's the time. Give me one good reason why not. Take up a hobby. Yeah. (laughs) If I get good at it, I could start selling them. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. You could, yeah, garden ornaments. Yeah. Mm. I should quit my job right now. I'd maybe give it a go first. Before I start it. Yes. <laughs> give it a go yeah. first and see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you are funny. You do yeah. make me laugh. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So we're two we're two two weeks away, but finding time to record, ironically, is hard in this lockdown. But yeah. So it's weird, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think because we had this sort of routine before, and and everything's kind of up in the air. It's really hard, isn't it? Yeah. Um. But yes, we we did we did Candyman, which is the nineteen ninety two original one, directed by Bernard Rose, and it scored a six point six out of ten on IMDb. Quick synopsis. I think it should have got higher. I am surprised. I. Because I think it's quite like a a sort of loved film in the horror community. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Quick synopsis. Helen, as part of her thesis, is researching myths and legends around Chicago City. She uncovers the legend of Candyman, which is a man posing as the legend in Cabrini Green. However, she finds there is more to the myth than meets the eye. Yeah. I watched this when I was really little. Um... I remember going to my friend's house and her, uh, yeah, her mum used to like rent us films and stuff. So we'd rented this and then I had to walk home and it scared the shit out of me <laughs> because like where I used to live in Bradford, I used to live in like a sort of block of flats kind of housing estate. Do you, oh yeah. Do you live in a bl- oh, yep. And oh, I had, man. I had a bloody uh, cabinet mirror thing in my bathroom. I didn't look in a mirror for about two oh. weeks. And also, when for some reason, when I was little, I had I had a thing about mirrors anyway, because I had this nightmare once when I was little. I had this... It was like a sort of vanity table or something, and it had a big mirror and then two little mirrors. So, like, when you looked in the side of it, you could see, like, loads of reflections of yourself, right? Oh, weird. And I had, I had this nightmare when I was a kid that... All my reflections came out and attacked me. And after that, I was like, I don't like mirrors, weird. And then I watched this. And then I watched this and I was like, nope, that's it now. Nope, just no. So I was like, so strange. 
Yeah. So simple, but it's so weird to look at. I ran, I ran home, I ran home, and then, I, and then I was like, turn all the lights on, <laughs> and then, and as well, when it, you went into my house, there was like a, it was basically like a hallway, and then it was, was like a sort of T shaped, so living room and yeah. kitchen were on one side. Then the bathroom and then bedrooms are on that side. But we had this big wardrobe for some reason in the hall, which had a mirror on it. So every time I walked yeah. past, I had to walk past this mirror and I was like, oh, no, don't look at it. Horrible. And I, did, I didn't watch it for I didn't watch it for years afterwards. I was like, no, I can't. But then when I was older, I watched it again and now I appreciate it. And it's I think it's quite good. So, yeah, that's my that's my tale. Wow. <laughs> I don't watch anything like that. I, yeah, I, have no I, appre- I appreciate it now. There's a lot of stuff that went over my head as a child. Yeah. That... I think that my mum was right because she knew me. As she knew, I, would, I had quite the imagination at a young age. Yeah. So all that stuff was just it's not appropriate for me. To be fair, it, ter- it terrified me. And I feel like as well, like I like it now and I can watch it and it's fine. It doesn't like freak me out or anything. But I feel mm. like if I ever met Tony Todd, I'd turn into like nine-year-old me and I'd be like, <laughs> you're terrifying, I need to leave. <laughs> Weirdly, um, the, I think it was the day before I watched the film, I by coincidence watched the X-Files episode with Tony Todd in and he was pretty frightening in that too. He's always quite frightening in everything. Yeah. It's like Final Destination is death. I'm fairly certain he's death in that. Posing wow. as a as an undertaker. Or a mortician. no, he's not an undertaker, what is he? A mortician is a mortician. mortician. But he kinda knows what's going on. So I'm like, I think that you're death in that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and he's he not really nice in. He's not a nice man in the crow either, because he's part of that man's gang. He's not nice. Yeah. Do you think though, people who play dark characters are actually really nice? Yeah, I've heard way. he's a really nice guy. To be fair, he's really he friendly. Yeah, I mean, he's I'm really lovely. But I'd be like, I, I'm, I'm scared of you. Films. I'd be like, have you got both hands? Yes. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So we'll get into it. The first shot I've cut I've put Skycam because I feel like it was one of the first instances where they'd done this overhead shot. Mm. Um It looked really good, didn't it? Yeah. It's, it was like drones before there were drones. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. It's kind of Yeah, it's just like an overhead of, of Chicago basically. And it's like the the sort of motorways and stuff, isn't it? And I noticed that Clive Barker produced it as well, which I'd not noticed before. He wrote the book called The Forbidden, which the film is based on. Apparently it's set in, because he's British, it's set in Liverpool. And I think it was more to do with the Guy Fawkes kind of stuff. Oh, the bonfire? Yeah. I've not read it. I've not read it. I really, I want to read it. Apparently it's really good. Um... But then I was like, I'm glad he produced it because I feel like when he's involved, it's quite a good adaptation to his stuff. When the author is on board and involved and gets on with the like other producers and the directors, yeah, that's it. You can sort of, you can be optimistic, but if the author hates it, unless it was a really bad book to begin with, yeah, probably not. Yeah, that's it. In it. Um, yeah, and it was uh, Philip Glass that did the score, and he's quite known for 
good good scores. He did the Truman oh. Show, oh. and he did Secret Window. I really like the music in this actually. I really enjoyed it. Like it's atmospheric, isn't it? Yeah, I like the sort of piano. The do 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 do. It's really good. I love it. Um. So yeah. So you get the you get the uh, the credit the credits over this sort of overhead shot of Chicago, and then you get loads and loads of bees. Bees everywhere. Oh yeah. And then you get this um you get this voiceover by Tony Todd and it's saying that it's basically the the start of the the sort of mythos I guess and it says says that he's they says what does he say? I think it's they say I've shed innocent blood, but what is blood for not for shedding or something like that? And then uh it is sort of saying that he'll come and he'll cut you and yeah, it's all very scary. It's all very scary. He's he's not a great guy. And is then he? you see, yeah, this the thing is, he isn't that bad, and I feel sorry for him because he yeah, had bad things happen to him. him. That's it exactly. Um, is he is he in the film? Is he a ghost? I think so. Or is he like I think, a presence? Like I don't an know. I don't know. I think I thought maybe a ghost. Cause like you get that sort of when when people sort of die in like horrible circumstances, the kind of unrest. Mm. That's what I maybe thought about it, but and also well yeah, because it gets into like the mythos of it and they scattered his ashes over that Cabrini Green. So I'm assuming that that's oh, where yeah. he's kind of tight, like he's got ties to there. Yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. So we get all these bees, and then there's like a shot of of Chicago with all these bees just like ascending onto this building. Um, and we cut to Helen who is talking to a student about the tale of Candyman, and I noticed as well it's about it's a couple. It's basically the the long and short of it is it's a couple that said his name in the mirror, and then she dies. Um, but I noticed the guy who she's with was Ted Raimi. He crops up in so many horror films. Doesn't, doesn't he? he just? I know, it's crazy. I was like, that's Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi's in this. How many films have we seen with him in? A few. A what thousand. A, few? a thousand. Yeah. A thousand. I know, right? <laughs> what was his name? Was his name Billy or something? Yeah, I think so. And, was and it Bobby or Billy, Billy or, or something? something like that, wasn't it? And then she... Yeah, so the, this this person saying like they were they were saying his name in the mirror, and if you say it five times and turn the light off, it comes up behind you and kills you basically. So they get to four, and then she was like, "No one ever gets to five. and she sends him downstairs, and then she I says don't see it him again. As a bad boy. He's portrayed as a bad boy, but I just don't see Ted Raimi as a bad boy. No, no, I don't know no. what you mean. It's weird. It's weird, isn't it? It's proper random, yeah. isn't it? As if. Yeah, so she she says it again and then turns the light off and then she gets killed. And I think he... Does he end up finding her or something like that? Um, so, and it's kind of a... It's kind of a... I know it happened, I know it happened because it was my, like, sister's second cousin, twice removed friend yeah. that, that told me about it. It's like those kind of urban legends that sort of go around the... They make the rounds, don't they? Um and we show we're at the University of Illinois and Trevor is giving a lecture on urban legends to this class. 
Um, Do you think um, the film Urban Legends perhaps took a bit of inspiration from this bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So Helen goes into this class and she's sort of listening. Um, she's listening to this this lecture and he's kind of saying, "Oh, well, you'll have heard about alligators in the sewers and they grow to enormous size and come out of your toilet." That's not true. This isn't true. You know, it's kind of a, it's always it happens in some town and it's someone else's name and. It's all a load of rubbish, yeah. basically. And then I've put Trevor's class, and then in brackets, I hate him. I hate him. He is a piece of work, and I don't like him. He is a little. He's oh, horrible. Um, Just a little. <laughs> so, um, so then he's he ends his class, and then there's loads of students talking to him after, and I was like, they're the absolute like nerds and suck ups mm-hmm. of this class. And then I really loved your lecture. I loved your lecture, it was so good. Yeah, ugh. Get a grip. So she goes to talk to him and you find out that they are married and we see Stacy who is acting a bit weird and then goes off and then she's like, What's the deal with her? She could barely look me in the eye. And then he sort of laughs it off and says, Oh, you know, she's in love with me. Imagining things, darling. Oh. You're imagining things, but you're not imagining things. I reckon that's not his first either. And then she's basically saying, Why have you done this why have you done this class now? Because I asked you to put it back while I get these interviews in because then it's an unbiased kind of Yeah thing. But he don't care. He's not bothered. And he's like, Well you can't expect me to change what I'm doing for you. Oh piece of work. And she, yeah, so she she goes and she's transcribing this interview that she's done on a little computer and then one of the cleaners comes in because she's like, oh, can I come in to clean? And she's like, yeah, 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 I'm just, I'm just doing yeah. this fine, carry on. And then so she's she's typing away and then it starts talking about Candyman and then the cleaner conveniently is like, you're talking about Candyman? And she's like, oh, yes, yeah. yes, I am. And then I'm she's like... I coincidence to know all about it. She's like, well, my friend lives at Cabrini Green and she knows quite a bit about it. So she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'd like to talk to her. So basically she's like, come here, come talk to this woman. (laughs) Um, And I think, is she called Kitty? I think she's called Kitty. And she says that a woman called Ruthie Jean died and somebody got into her apartment through the walls and killed her with a hook and then they're like, Candyman did it. Yeah. That was apparently based on a on a truthful thing, like somebody got killed by somebody coming in through a wall oh. in the house. I know. I was like, oh my god, that is horrible. Not horrible. even walls can hold murderers back anymore. I know, right? Ugh. So so she's kind of like, oh, okay, right. So then she goes to her uh, her microfiche to look for some love a microfiche they're great aren't they you just don't get it it's internet now no yeah whenever a journalist is investigating microfiche like thriller movie plot they always find someone died in a car crash 20 years ago on microfiche yeah but they always like wear it really fast and i'm like how are you reading that how do you even know and then all of a sudden it's like oh the exact page that i need oh that information yeah. is interesting. I love it. It's, it's great. It's always in a library 
at night when there's a thunderstorm and there's no one else there. There's nobody else there except them. Who's like, who like gives them like wisdom. Yeah. Oh, you're looking at the old, uh, old case of car crash. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. 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 I love it. It's great. So she, she starts looking at Cabrini Green and then sort of, it's kind of, um, is it like, a, would you class it as like a projects place kind of thing? It's like a, yeah. it's sort of like a poorer area. it's a area. real place, is it? It is, yeah. It is, it's, yeah. they actually filmed there as well. They actually filmed, yeah. when it's not there anymore because they knocked all the flats down. Because no one wanted to live there no, after it's... this film came out. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Do you think the people who lived in that area were like excited for the film? Or not? Maybe uh, they were excited before they saw it. After they I saw it, I don't know. I feel like well, they they filmed there, and apparently they had to basically buy protection from gangs that were there. And some <laughs> of the gang members were actually in the film as extras. So oh, I reckon really? some of the gang people that she came across were actual people from there. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, there's been interviews with, like, people there and they and they sort of said, like, it had this... It did have this, like, really terrible reputation for being, like, rough and horrible. But then they were like, when we went, all we saw was, like, people with families and stuff. Mm. So, obviously, there was the occasional people. But yeah. on a whole, like, it was just people just living life, trying to, you know, make a living, yeah. whatever, raise a family, and it wasn't that bad um but they've not they've knocked it all down now and it's um i think they've put like modern houses in or something like that it's basically like gentrified yeah um but the new one is going to be filmed there apparently so that's quite interesting actually sort of set in like the same place Mm -hmm. yeah wow that's interesting that they've literally used yeah a real location in it's previous and its modern form for the same kind of film yeah well that's it they kind of they've labeled it as as a spiritual sequel so it's kind of not a remake it's not a sequel it's just yeah like a a modern into yeah it's quite it's quite interesting i'll be interested to see what they've done with it because yeah with it being like a different a whole sort of different area and stuff so she she finds some newspapers and she's looking at She's looking at Cabrini Green and then she realises that her apartments are the same style as Cabrini Green. And they did... I think she's telling her friend Bernadette, isn't she? She's like, look at these. And she's like, well, that's Cabrini Green. And she's like, no, it isn't. She was like, that's where I live and where you live. Um, So she says, like there wasn't any way to separate this area from the nicer areas. So they basically made that a bit posher and sold it to rich yuppies, basically. Whereas Cabrini Green has, like, a motorway blocking it off. So it's kind of its own little bubble and it's away from... Yeah, it's it's really sad, that. And I feel like, as well... It kind of get it's what it's sort of Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. 
Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Been forgotten about. So they've put it over there. They've boxed it off. And then, obviously, it's got a reputation because people don't go there anymore. And you find out, like, even the police won't turn up there and stuff. So, basically, people are just free reign to do what they want. Um, and, And she's sort of saying, like, her house... Is the same, but there's the they covered the cinder block up and maybe like changed the windows a bit and yeah, but it's essentially the same. And I thought, well, changed. you've been done there. To be fair, if yeah. you've bought that house and it's basically like a block of flats, and you'll be paying about yeah. three or four times more than what they're oh, paying. Oh, absolutely conned, absolutely conned. Um, but then she says it's the same layout as it would be in there and then she goes to her bathroom cabinet and pulls it off the wall and the other house cabinet is there and she's yeah. like well yeah there's a big hole in the uh in the wall i have an english presumably be able to hear everything that's going on in your neighbor's bathrooms oh it was unoccupied though wasn't it um I'm not sure if hers was or not, but I suppose you wouldn't think about it. You'd probably be like, oh, it's thin walls or something, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, but then I was like, that is well creepy. I'd be bricking that up. Because I, wa- I was watching it with uh, Rob and he was like, why is there a hole in the in the wall? And I was like, well, <laughs> they did it to like save money. And he was like, yeah, but you just build a wall. And I was like, look, if it wasn't there, there wouldn't be a story, so... It's got to be there. They need a hole in the wall. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she puts she puts her cabinet back and then she decides that she's going to try and say Candyman. Um, and they get to four and Bernadette's like, yeah, I'm not doing any more of this. But then no. she says it. So she said it five times, but she doesn't yeah. turn the light off. So nothing happens at this point. 
Um, and... I was at work, um, work birthday after I'd watched it and I was looking in the mirror and I was like, should I say it? And I was like, no. No, no. never say it. No. God, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it cuts to Helen. Helen's asleep. Um, and then you get a bit of a jump scare, but it's it's Trevor. And he's come home late, because he was working late. Mm-hmm. Where was he? Oh, he was working late. I bet you were. Oh, piece of work. Absolutely. Um, so the next day they drive to Cabrini Green, um, and... Bernadette's basically saying, like, are you sure you want to go here? Because, like, the gangs run this place. It's it's bad news. Like, yeah. And it's kind of, like, a lot... There's a lot of sort of racial stuff going on, which I never really noticed when I was little, because I was just like, oh, it's just yeah. a scary tale. Yeah. Um, but, like, she, she sort of says, like, do you want to get a decent thesis? Like, we need to do this. We need to go in, and, and it's going to be great, like if we do it and like all academics who are um, like research she's like yeah we'll be fine it'll be fine we'll we've be got to do we can do this yeah Academic exactly doing a thesis are like they're, they're more fearless than any other social group academics doing a thesis they'll do anything absolutely yeah, yeah. um she yeah so they they get out and as soon as they get out of the car like i never really noticed this when i was a kid but the the guys start sort of like calling him and that but it's more of a are you police yeah. and they're like no we're just visiting a friend and they keep going and 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 they sort of just walk away from him kind of thing but it's quite they're quite intimidating and, and like yeah. i was like oh my god i'd be really scared um um, and she finds all this graffiti that says sweets to the sweet. And then uh, a door opens and you see a dog, which scares them a little bit. And then you see Anne-Marie. So she sort of looks at them and shuts the door again. Um, she's not really wanting to speak to them at this point. So then they find the house that Ruthie Jean lived in, which is abandoned. Um and they go into the bathroom and she takes the cabinet off the wall again and there's a big hole. So she's like, I'm going to go in it. I'm going to take some photographs. Does yeah. uh, Helen and uh, and uh, Bernadette's like, right, well, I'm going to wait here. You've got five minutes. I'm not staying here any longer because it's freaking me out. And she starts taking photos through, the, through this gap, but then gets in it and then you get this shot of her coming out of like a big painting of the mouth of Candyman which I thought was quite cool and she she takes all these photos there's like pictures of him everywhere and then she finds some sweets with razor blades in so then she's like well somebody's obviously been here so what's that about kind of thing and then Bernadette's like I want to get out of here let's leave let's go yeah (laughs) yeah Bernadette's sensible. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Um. And then Anne Marie comes, and then she starts asking them if they're police again. Um. And then they're sort of like, "We're not. We're just doing. We're doing a thesis. So we're just like researching about Ruthie Jean." And then I think they're saying like, "You were next door. Do you do you know anything like about it?" And she's kind of. She's a little bit hostile towards him, but she kind of agrees. Yeah. And then she goes into a house, which and then 
Helen just walks into her house, which I thought was quite rude. Yeah. Who does that? Academics absolutely They have no boundaries when they're, like, researching something. Yeah, that's it. Like, I go to my brother's house and literally he can be like, just let yourself in, but I always knock on the door. Yeah. And I'm like... You know, knock on door. Because I can't, I'd, I'd never just walk into somebody's house. Can't, it's weird no. to me that. I don't know. No, the only house I let myself into is my parents. And I always stand in the doorway and say, hello. Yeah, and like before you go in. in. Yeah, 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 exactly. Put your head in the door. Hello. But yeah, yeah. Oh, she's not bothered. She just walks in. Um, yeah. And then you sort of see, like, you see her apartment and she's got a nice apartment. So it's kind of a you see that people there aren't all rough and yeah. what, what they I mean, kind of perceive like a, to be. A bad neighbour, but she, yeah. She's got she a lovely little house and a lovely, cute little baby. Yeah. That baby is adorable. Yeah. Oh, so cute. Um, And she she's sort of saying, like, the, the white people aren't very nice to him. Um, she said that when Ruthie Jean was murdered, she heard screaming. She rang 911 and nobody came because police don't even yeah. come round here anymore. So she was like, basically, like, there's no help coming for us at all. He's not going to get caught. But then that kind of, it kind of alludes to maybe that the, there is somebody there yeah. who's calling themselves Candyman. And then it cuts to a stuffy dinner that I've put. Stuffy dinner. They're all smoking. Um, and... It was a different time, wasn't it? Yeah, 90s, 90s films, everyone smoked, like, absolute chimneys. Yeah. Um, and she's, she's talking to this... She's talking to this guy who is just a knob. And, and oh. she's like, we're not, go- we're not ready to show it. Yeah, she's like, we're not ready to show what we've we've done yet. And then uh, yeah. she's like, she's basically like, we're going to bury you with what we've got. It's really, really good. And he apparently wrote a paper on Candyman because she starts talking about Candyman and he's like, well, how are you going to bury me if you don't know about him? Like, mm. but I thought, well, they've not finished yet. They've not finished the thing. Like, yeah. they've still got research to do, obviously. And he wrote a paper 10 years ago. And then he starts telling the, basically telling the story of of it. And he, he was a son of a former slave who made money. What did he do? He was paint a painter. Yeah, but he's, he's like his his father had made money doing something. So oh, basically, they this had bit, money. This, this is the one bit I found a bit silly. He invented a, a machine for making shoes. A machine for making shoes, that's it. Yeah. And then, so he was born into, like, yeah. a high class and it turned out he was good at art. So yeah. he painted all the posh white people because they wanted people to know how much money they had. So they had paintings done because that's what you that's did. That's what people do. Yeah. That's, well, yeah, you see it all through history, don't you? Like, like kings and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And he met, he met a girl... <laughs> who was white, and she got pregnant. Dad wasn't happy. And then, basically, I'm assuming he hired some goons to mess him up. He got his hand chopped off, which I think was his artistic hand. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah. Oh, that's harsh. I mean, I think... I think that's why, it's yeah. harsh, but... Yeah, I'd never, yeah. Really, I'd never really twigged on that, but I think, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they cut... 
cut his hand off that he used to paint, put a hook in it, and then uh, got... What did they do? That Oh, you put loads of honey on him and then he got stung to death by bees. Um, mm. And then I think they set... They sort of cremated his body and sprinkled it on Cabrini Green, which is horrible. That's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible. Like, horrible? Horrible. Like, he didn't... All he did was fall in love with somebody. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. And I'm like, no, fine. You just kill everybody if you want because that's not very nice. Revenge. Yeah. Vengeful, vengeful spirits. Yeah, and there's a like she she's listening to the story, and you get you get this shot a lot of her face, just like a close up of her face. Like she's very she's very watchable. I think is Virginia Madsen. Yeah, she's. I, I don't think I've seen her in anything before. She's really yeah. good. Yeah, and she goes she goes back to Cabrini Green after hearing this story, and then she meets the little boy who is also adorable called Jake mm, yeah. and he doesn't oh, want cute. to talk to her and then she's like I'm I'm all right I'm not I'm not police I just I just want to talk to you and he's like I can't because Candyman will get me and he's like well if you can't tell me can you show me something and he's like well yeah, yeah. and she's like it'll be our secret I won't say anything so he takes her to this bathroom but they go past they go past this pile of like wood because they're building a a bonfire. Yeah. Bonfire. Um. Yeah. Um. And he takes her to this old bathroom and he says that a boy got killed there. This was horrible. This made me sad. Oh, uh, it wasn't nice. Um. He said like there was a mu- a mum and a son were in a shop and he needed the toilet and she wouldn't go with him for some reason so he took himself across the road to the toilet and can well Candyman um he got killed by cutting his penis off um. and then putting it in the toilet <sighs> and then she go she decides to go in to take photos of this bathroom I'm assuming as as another example of something that's happened um like I say yeah fearless Feel I'd be like, nah, mate. Um, no. And instead of instead of graffiti of sweets to the sweet, this this time we get it written in poo, and I'm just like, why? What is wrong with you? Unnecessary. Just because it's a low income area doesn't just warrant that, that behaviour. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Animals. If you're gonna do graffiti, use paint. Just use paint if you. Yeah. Just use paint. Yeah, I know. Ugh. Yeah, what? I was just like, oh, God. And then she looks in all the stalls and I was like, I would not... I'd be like, I'm not touching that. I'm going. No, See you later. I don't touch a single thing in that place. Um, and she finds a toilet with um an arrow in it and then I was like... I was sat and I was like, oh, my God, what is she going to find in the toilet? I'm worried. <laughs> and it's full of bees. Bees. Full of bees, loads of bees. Not the worst thing it- that could have been to be honest, that. I think I'd have rather that than what I was thinking it might have been. Mm. Ugh. And then yeah. she, so she's taken up, taking all these pictures, and then she goes to leave, and this man comes in with his gang. He has a hook in his hand, and he says, "I hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch." And then basically hits her with this hook, and then all you hear is her, like, scream, 
and sort of noise and then you see the gang come out of the toilet but she doesn't come out of the toilet and then the little boy goes in and she has been absolutely battered within an inch of her life on the floor yeah like at first i thought she was dead and i was like oh my god they've killed her like um and then it cuts to a lineup and she picks the guy out and says it was him it was number five and she looks a right mess like her eye is massive Mm. swollen up um and she yeah she she sort of she sort she testifies against this guy and then basically they say like um we swept the place and found this guy um and no one would testify against him because everyone was too scared to there but apart from you and she she goes to talk to Jake and he's like, you lied, he's going to get me. And then she's like, he isn't, he's not real. He's getting put away. That's the end of that, yeah. basically. So she kind of thinks this gang has taken a myth to carry yeah. out, like, fear-mongering and murders. And yeah, stuff, and, and that's quite an interesting, so it's quite, interesting it's, it's story. Like, like not, for their thesis, that's uh, really good. Yeah, so it's mm. like a good it's a good story for her. And then it's kind of it sort of I think it must be sort of a passage of time because she's back at home with Trevor and she's like, My eye feels better and she's making him tea. He looks dodgy yeah. as all hell, so yeah. wherever he's been, who knows? Um and then she gets to be back at uni. So she meets Bernadette and She's like, I'm feeling better, like her eyes better and stuff. And then she says, whilst, I don't know where they're going, but she says it took a white woman to get attacked for something to happen yeah. there. And that's not right, which it isn't yeah. right. Like, they should, people should be protected. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter where you live. People should have the right yeah. to be protected by the police. It's horrible. Um Bernadette produces her some films and she's like, managed to save these films from the camera and she's like, oh great, I thought it got destroyed. So she said, somebody's looking to publish our work as well. So that's all good. So all the research is kind of paying off for them and so it's all good. And she's going to a car with a box of slides and then she just hears she hears some feet or we we see some feet and then you hear Helen but it's like Helen and then she's like hello I'd be like what do you want get lost um so she yeah so she she's going to a car and 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 he's sort of calling her and then she turns around and sees him so then you're like oh shit he is actually real it's then. Him. It's him. He's not yeah. a drug dealer. So that's a real deal. Yeah. yeah. He's wearing a magnificent coat. I put I put in my notes, love the coat. That coat is amazing. That it's is a red. strong coat. It that's, is a strong coat. It's a good look. That is a coat that I would wear. I don't under I, I think I don't know if she she's like linked to him psychically or something because she called him. But he's not killed her because he likes her. Mm. But she she's kind of in a trance and she's like like she can't take her eyes off him and she's like looking at him and he kind of says like you didn't think I was real so I was obliged to come and prove that I was and then 
uh, what does he say? He's, he like he says to her, "Be my victim," and and then he does this sort of speech about. Um, he says, "I am the writing on the wall, the whispers in the classroom. Without these, I am nothing. So I must shed innocent blood." Mm. So mm. he. So he needs to be talked about to. Yeah, so that guy was kind of feeding into the fear of that yeah. legend, but now he's gone. He's like, well, I'm going to have to do something about it then because mm-hmm. no one believes me. Um, and then she... This was horrible. I didn't like this. She wakes up in a pool of blood. The dog has been beheaded. Oh, I didn't like that. Um, she that picks up a knife that's next to her. I was like... Big mistake there. Do not touch that. Mm. Um, Whenever you're at a murder, people on telly always they find murder scene and they pick they the pick deadly up weapon stuff. up the floor and they're like, oh, what's this? And the police come in and they're holding the the knife or whatever. And then it's like, well, your always. prints are all over it now. No, never pick it up. Um, but I, I mean, she, she's quite like disorientated. She has no idea where she is. She doesn't know yeah. if the blood's yeah. hers or not. Um, but then she realizes it isn't hers, and then there's like there's just blood everywhere in this house, and then you go to the cot, and there's blood all over the cot, and you're just like, oh my god, has she killed that baby? Oh, no. um, Anne Marie's going sick, at her, obviously, and starts attacking her, but she's got this knife in her hand, so she she like sort of swipes at her to get her to stop attacking her, basically. Um, at this point, the police come. When she's trying to defend herself against her, it doesn't look good. No, it doesn't look good. Um, yeah, and like that, like that's one of my like when when people are accused of stuff they've not done, it really gets to me that because I Mm, like I'd hate it. I'd hate it. I'd be like, it was not me. I didn't do it, and like it just irritate me. And I'm just like, someone needs to believe her. She didn't do it. Um, and. She, yeah, she ends up going to the police station and there's um, a female police officer who's basically getting her to take all the clothes off and they're absolutely covered in blood. Oh, she's ab- awful. She's absolutely distraught. It's so, like, so clin- clinical and, like, very mm. matter-of-fact. Apparently that woman who's the policewoman was a friend of hers um, because she wanted somebody who she felt comfortable with. So I got a mate to do it, yeah. Uh, Which I yeah. thought was quite nice. I thought, I thought for a minute the police, the character officer was friends with the character of. No, the actual the the the, the, act, the actor, wow. the actress, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's horrible. She's so distraught as well, and she's like, "Can I please have a shower?" Yeah. Which I is fair. I've someone who I didn't know do that. Yeah, that's it. Um, Someone who's done it like a hundred times before, and they don't even look at you. Yeah, yeah. That, it was just like just take everything off, me, whatever. She comes into contact with the policeman who helped her put away the drug dealer guy, but he's very different this time. Like he was really friendly to her before, but now obviously oh, he's yeah. not because she looks guilty as sin for like killing a baby, possibly, and he's like you're under arrest and he's like you have the right to remain silent and I feel like he's kind of saying to her don't say anything till a lawyer comes because it's really not going to help you and they're asking they're asking her where the baby is and she's like I I don't know and I I feel like she 
at this point is kind of like, was it me? Did I actually do it? Because she doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't know. And she gets her one phone call. Um, It's obviously the middle of the night. So mm. she calls her husband, because you would do, wouldn't you? And he's not answering the phone. 3am it is. Bed's empty, isn't there? And uh, she leaves him a voicemail, basically saying, I am in jail, you need to come get me, please. Um, And then we see that Candyman has the baby in the old Rufy Jean house. Yeah. And he feels, he looks quite happy, that baby, I thought. He's, like, just... Yeah. And he like uh, I think it, I don't know if he gives him like some honey on his finger or something. And he just like sucks his finger and, he goes, and he's just like. Ugh. And I was like, oh, baby. Uh, I mean, so it's so cute. precious about babies that whenever they're in a horror film, I'm always ready. Yeah. Whatever happens, but at the same time, you can tell that the the production company, like the cast and the crew, yeah, obviously look. You can tell it's not real. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm always like, not a baby. I wasn't. was thinking, I was like, that baby would have had no idea that that baby has met Tony Todd. Absolutely no idea. And when they were older, they'd be like, it. that's cool. I wish I was a baby in something. I'd have loved that. Like, when you're older, you'd just yeah, be like, that's well cool, but I don't remember any of it. You can be negatively affected, but you can just be carried around by... Like famous people. Yeah, yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, yeah, it gets to morning and Trevor finally arrives to pick her up and he's like, I didn't... She she sort of says, like, where where were you? And he was like, I was here, I was asleep. You weren't. We know more no. than that. Um, and then she's sort of saying, like, I, bla- I blacked out, I don't remember anything, and I just woke up in that house and, and, he's, and he's like... Yeah, I believe you, but you kind of feel like he probably doesn't believe her because she does look proper guilty, to be fair. And then he has to go get some work, so he leaves the house again. And then he's like, oh, I don't want to leave you, but he's going to do anyway. Yeah. And she decides to look at the slides of those photos that Bernadette got for her on her projector. Don't see a lot of projectors now, do you? You don't, do you? No. OHPs. It's great. Overheads. Yeah, um, and she's looking on a. She's looking at a photo of a. Te- she took a photo of the bathroom mirror, I think it was, and she zooms in on it and sees that he is stood behind her, in that picture, which is a bit creepy. Um, and she. Ends up going to... I think she goes to... She gets a bit freaked out, so she goes to the bathroom to, like, splash water on her face, like everyone does in a film. So I'm very stressed. I'll go get some water on my face. That'll make me feel better. And he... I think that's when he's, like, his arm bursts through the cabinet, in it? With the hook. Um, So she, she, like, runs out. She's trying to ring somebody, and then he says... He basically says, I've got the child. Um, And then... He says, basically, you surrender to me or I kill the baby, basically. Mm-hmm. It's you or the baby. Um, and then he basically says that nobody believes in me, so you need to die in a manner that fits so they will believe. And and then he's, he sort of says that you can be immortal and we can be immortal together and it'll be awesome. And then she's like, I'm not into that, really. 
I've got to go. <laughs> and then um, she she's sort of shouting at him and then Bernadette shows up and she's trying to get in and she kind of shouts and she's like, don't come in. But obviously she doesn't hear her and then she's like, he's here, he's here, don't come in. But obviously, like, she's a good friend, so she's going to go in. And she breaks yeah. in and she sees Candyman as well. Um, and she gets killed. Then Trevor... Well, we know he's not like her imagination. He is absolutely real at this point. He is Trevor, real. Trevor gets home. She's sat covered in blood again with a knife and looks properly mental at this point. And yeah. he is sort of like, oh, my God, what is going on? And then it cuts to her getting... She's basically getting sectioned, I think, isn't she? And it yeah. they go into the they go into the living room and and Bernadette's there and she's had a right number done on her in there and oh, it's she's awful. she sees her and she's absolutely gutted she's she's distraught because yeah. it's her best mate but she looks guilty as sin so they're obviously like she is unhinged like she's not she doesn't know what she's doing um, yeah and then uh, yeah what was that yeah I think she. She ends up getting taken to this mental facility and she's basically strapped to a bed at this point because they're obviously like she's a danger to herself and other people at this point. Um, And she is alone there. Trevor basically leaves her at the door. Yeah. Which I noticed. He's just like, see you later, bye. Um, And she's saying, like, the baby's still alive. Yeah, he would go home. Exactly. Yeah. She, yeah, she said, like, the baby's still alive, don't let him kill me. And then he appears and, like, she's like, he's under the bed, he's under the bed. And then they come in and, like, sedate her because, like, she is fully mental at this point. Yeah. Um, And we cut to baby again. He's got the baby. Baby's happy as Larry. He's having a lovely time. Never distressed. Just sat yeah. there. Just sat there being That's a baby. Him. I know, yeah. just sat there chilling, not bothered. Um, and it cuts to we're back at the mental asylum place, and she's wheeled out to see a doctor. She's restrained in this chair, so she can't move. Um, and he basically tells her that she's been there for a month, and then she's like, "What? Really? Yeah." And I think basically they've been sedating her most of the time so obviously she's yeah. n- had no idea where she is what she's doing or what's happening she's fuming about this which is fair enough and she's like i want to speak to my lawyer about this yeah. and then he sort of says i'm here to help you you're you're not fit to stand trial like you, you're down for first degree murder like you can't you can't do it you you can't stand trial at all yeah. um and then he shows her the clip of her when he visited her, she was freaking out, but obviously nobody else can see him. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like she's kind of like, there's a there's a sort of time where she's like, was it me? Did I do it? Is it? Has she just gone so in-depth into this research she's actually conjured up like a hallucination of him and she's somehow carried out these murders yeah. thinking it was him? But yeah. Of course... We know better. That's it. And then she, yeah. So, but then she's like, "I'm not a killer. I could, I could never kill anybody." And she was like, "I definitely won't even kill my friend. That's just outrageous." Yeah. And then she's like, 
I can prove it. I can call him right now. As it happens, there's a mirror in that office. Uh, so she calls him, but then nothing happens for a minute, and then you of think, course. and then you think, oh, maybe it was her that did it. But then Doctor Burke starts to look quite unwell, and uh, he appears behind him and just basically shreds him up the back. It's yeah. really, it's really, it's very vicious. Um, yeah. And then he says, and then I think she. She sort of thinks at this point, maybe I'm strapped up, so it can't be me, kind of thing. And then he's like, oh, no, you're mine now. And he undoes her straps, so she's free. So, but then he does this, like, he flies out of the window. It's like Batman. I love it. It's like whoosh out of the window. And then she's like, oh, okay. Um, And then I just put in my my notes, she cheeses it as she again looks guilty. Um, she cheeses it. She cheeses it. She gets out of there. Yeah. She's off. Cheese uh, it. Cheese it. Cheeses it. Cheese it. Cheeses. Yeah. Cheese it. Cheese. Cheese it. Yeah. Cheese it. Get out. Do one. Never. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> um. She steals some scrubs <laughs> off an orderly, wipes the blood off her face, gets into a lift. Nobody seems to realise that she's wandering around. And then she's basically just running to a house at this point. And then she says, um, she's like running to a house and she's like, please be home, please be home, running, running, running. She gets to the house and the door's open, which is a bit weird. And she goes in and there's loads of plastic on all the furniture and everywhere is pink. And it's a horrible pink. It's that weird pink. Yeah, yeah. 90s pink. Uh, yeah, it's like almost a salmon girl, and pink. She's yeah, and she's like, she's kind of looking around like, what is actually happening? She goes around the mm. corner. It's not an easy colour to put stuff with, is it? It is awful. I mean, out of all the colours, why the hell would you paint it all that colour? And it was literally like the whole house it looked like as well. Mm. Jesus Christ, honestly. Um... So she goes she goes round the corner and oh who's there? Oh, it's Stacy. Stacy's painting her house. And then she's like, What are you doing in my house? Get out. And then uh, Trevor appears in his dressing gown and says, Oh, are you alright or something? And then she's like, Oh great piece of work. So obviously she all the sort of misgivings that she had were correct. And he and he was kind of like, oh, so you, so you've just moved her in then? Uh, well, I've been in a mental hospital. That's really nice. Thanks for that. Um, and she says, this is the first time she says, she says, what's the matter, Trevor? Scared of something? And I feel like there's kind of a bit of a enjoyment in her eyes about it. Yeah. That she's made him really uncomfortable and a bit scared. Um, yeah. It's interesting though that all yeah. this um like care towards her yeah as in if i'm i mean it's not gonna happen but if that happened to someone i knew Mm. i'd be like are you all right yeah are you all right if you i mean you're it's not gonna happen to you but if you locked up in a hospital and you escaped and showed up at my house like tell me what happened what's going on yeah exactly but she yeah yeah. he's more like 
Oh, how can I get rid of my crazy ex-wife? So oh, lock her, up, lock her up and move my yeah. young girlfriend in to paint my house pink. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so, and then she's like... She said, she's like, I hate this colour, and then throw some paint against the wall. And I was like, you're damn right, that is a disgusting mm. colour. And then she sort of says, she's she's basically got nothing left at this point, like her friend's dead, her husband's cheated on it, she hasn't got anything. She gives the phone to Stacey to ring the police. She's like, yeah, ring the police. But then she's like, ah, and doesn't. Um, and then she basically says to him, like, you were all I had left. And then she says, it's over. And I feel like she's kind of come to terms with She's like, yeah, that's it, I'm done. I'm yeah. off. So she just walks out. Yeah, she she ends up sort of crying on a bridge. <laughs> and I feel like she's kind of... I feel like she's kind of... Uh, she's processing everything and just thinking, right, mm-hmm. this is it now, I'm, I'm, I'm done now. Um, and... Then it cuts to the bonfire celebrations are starting. They're still building this bonfire. She goes back to the abandoned flat in Cabrini Green and finds a hook hanging somewhere. He's asleep on a slab. So she's like, she she starts looking at this wall and it's kind of, it's basically like a, a mural of what happened to him, isn't it? It's like a tale of how he died, basically. Um... And she she stabs him with this hook and he pulls it out because nothing really happens. He's just like, nothing happens. And then he... Pretty much invincible at this point. Yeah, I suppose you can't really kill a ghost, can you? And he says that you, you came to me, we had a deal. And then she's like, we had a deal. Um, and then you get this kind of shot of them sort of like twirly, like, sort of like twirly camera thing. And then he said, "She's like, I'm, I'm afraid. I don't, I don't really want to die." And then he says, "Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras, so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch." Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. It's a, this is a rat. I, I'm, I think it's probably from the book because he says the pain will be exquisite and that's such a Clive Barker phrase to use. And then says, there's nothing to fear. And then it's like, people will be scared of us. We'll be immortal and it'll be amazing. And then he tries to kiss her and he's got a mouthful of bees. <laughs> and then bees all over him everywhere. Like, he's got no body. There's just bees. There's so bees all over bees, him. bees, though, aren't they? Real bees, yeah. They bred, bees. they bred the bees so they were 12 hours old. So they look like adult bees, but the stingers were too soft. To do yeah. anything, He's and, a he great wore, actor. and he wore a, a mouth guard to keep them in, and oh. apparently it was there was a clause in his contract. I think it was over all the films that he did 
he got an extra thousand pounds every time he got stung. Wow. And he got stung 23 times. Hang on, if they can breed bees, why are we all worrying about bee populations? Or is it the amount of food that the bees have? It's not I think the it's the food, it's the food yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. And also... Well, we, should, we should all start breeding bees and releasing, releasing them. Releasing them into really the wild. Enough, like, en masse. Mm. Yeah, don't want too many. <laughs> There's too many <laughs> now. If every house had a bee thing, we all released them at the same time. It was like, oh, I mm. would quite like a bee hotel in my garden. I think I'm going to get one. Yeah. Mm. I got um, a bee meadow uh, seed thing, and they've all sprouted now. Yeah, ours have just started to sprout. So- We've got a wildflower mix. Pet bee? Your pet lives bee? No. Yeah, he lives, he lives in the wall. Ah. Yeah. So as soon as I realised I've got a bee living in the wall, I got went out and got these seeds. So I was like, right, in three months' time, you're gonna have some flowers, my little, my little, my bee. little bee friend. <laughs> yeah. I was sat outside the other day, and a bee came and sat next to me. Oh. It was precious. really big, really big bumblebee. It was, and I was like, oh, you're mm. cute. I like you. Um, so, yeah, apparently as well, Virginia Madsen is allergic to bees. Is she? She's allergic to bees and she was covered in the damn things. She's been very brave. Then. I know, right? Ugh. So, yeah, so he he takes the baby and then he says it's time for a new miracle. And then she, wake, she wakes up thinking there's bees all over her and she's like, ah! Which, which she would. Um, she takes the hook and looks at the wall and the wall says it was always you Helen and then she looks at the picture and there's a woman in the picture who I'm assuming was the woman he fell in love with Mm. who bears a bit of a resemblance to Helen so he's got a type yeah that's why he didn't kill her because he likes her and she hears the baby crying and she follows it to the bonfire so she dives into this bonfire to save the baby. Um, in the meantime, Jake wakes up and sees a hook going into the bonfire. Um, and she, she's in there still looking for this baby and then everyone gathers outside and they're pouring gasoline on this fire, oh, this dear. big bonfire. She finds the baby and she's on her way out and you think, phew, that's all right. But then Candyman comes and grabs her, and it and she starts sort of shouting, but she can't be heard over all the residents because they're all shouting and and carrying on. Yeah. Then he says that we, yeah, he says that we must be on our way, never separated. And then she's like, "You lied to me. You said that you'd save the baby, but I think he kind of wants the baby as well because I think he wants them to be a family." Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of sad. I feel, I feel sorry yeah. for him. He's not going about it in the best way. I'll give him that. No. I but mean, I do feel quite a, sorry for him. Like a, he could be a vengeful spirit who protects people rather than killing them. Yeah. Like, if you're in trouble, That's find it. a moment to take Candyman and he'll come out and protect you. That's that would it. be great. Yeah. Meanwhile, this is happening. They set this big bonfire alight, so it's on fire now, and you're just like, oh, my God. And she... She ends up stabbing him and then she starts escaping with this baby. But then the bonfire starts to collapse yeah. and she gets stuck. Then the there's like a massive piece of wood that falls on her and she's crawling out of this bonfire. 
um, dragging, she basically drags herself out fully on fire, and then she, yeah, she's she's coming, she's like she's getting out, and then he's like come yeah. back, and then he starts getting set on fire. She gives the baby to Anne Marie who stood there, and then they sort of put her out, but obviously, like, she's really badly burned at this point. It's pretty horrific, yeah. It's so sad. I cried. Mm. I cried a little bit. I was like, oh, it's so sad. Um, And then it cuts to, like, she she's basically, she dies there. The bees fly off because he gets set on fire, and then it cuts to her funeral, and she's, like, she's just laying in a casket. There's only like three people there or something, isn't there? There's like yeah. one of the she never tells her name, unfortunately. No, that's probably why. But mm. also, Trevor's there with Stacy. Why did he yeah. take her? Why? He's a if, oh, he's a if, piece if I of was work. Stacey, I'd be like, you go, I'll stay here, keep painting. I'm not going to come because it's really inappropriate. Mm. Yeah, exactly. For God's sake. Um. But then you see, like, this massive procession of, like, all the people of Cabrini Green that come. Yeah. And uh, they throw... Because they kind of know it, it was true and that she saved the baby. She and saved the baby. Because they've always kind of believed in Candyman. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, And she... Yeah, so Jake puts the hook into the... On the casket, doesn't he? He, like, throws it on top of the casket. Yeah. And you can tell it's his because it's got the nails in it. It's not the plain one that she had. Mm. So it cuts back to Trevor and Stacey in the house. He's sat in the toilet. I feel like he's sat in there for some peace and quiet to avoid her. <laughs> and then she's like, are you coming out for tea? And he's like, yeah, 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 I'll be out in a bit. She's getting annoyed cutting she, up the steak, isn't she? What the hell was she doing with that steak? It was like a really nice piece of steak and she was cutting it yeah. up into little chunks and I was like, she's a fucking psychopath. What is she doing? Why Why did you cheat on your wife with this? What is going on? And she's like angrily cutting it and then putting it into a dish mm. and I was like, what, is, what are you even doing? Um... And he's he's sat in the he's sat in the toilet and he's crying and and I feel like he's kind of thinking like oh you know I didn't treat her as well as I should have done and I actually miss my wife and it's really sad that she died and stuff and yeah. he actually has a bit of a conscience about him and then he is just crying and he's looking in the mirror and then he says Helen because he's like oh Helen oh Helen <laughs> and then he says he says it five times. And then Helen appears with no hair. Of course she does. With no hair. Duh. And then she says again, what's the matter, Trevor? Scared of something. And then you just hear him scream. And then she's like, Trevor. So she goes to check on him in the toilet, opens the door. And he has been got big time. Yeah, he is not alive. He is not alive. She screams the place down, as you would. And then it cuts to the room where Candyman was and the credits start rolling, but then it zooms in onto this picture and it's Helen with her hair on fire. Yeah. And that's the film. Well, so she's the new myth. Yeah, that's it. She's the new yeah. myth. Yeah. It was. I didn't think it was going to end like that. I thought it was going to be just like a traditional horror and she'd be like, Oh, I'm glad I survived that, but she didn't. Yeah, it's so sad. Like when she dies, it's proper sad, and like like she saves a baby, and you can kind of see everyone like saying, 
I don't think it was her in the end kind of thing. Yeah. It was proper sad, it was proper sad that. Uh, I'm glad the See, baby survived. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't do that. Couldn't they, that kill a baby. I wouldn't have enjoyed No, that film. baby was far it's too cute to die. Stuff. It was so cute. Yeah. No, that would be a step too far, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But, yeah, it's, a good, it's really good. Like, I feel like watching it as an older person, there's a lot more layers to it than I thought than yeah. when I watched it when I was a kid because it was just kind of a scary story but there's a lot about yeah. like class and a lot about race and i think a lot of it's i watched um that that documentary that horror noir and and it's very um i think it's quite polarizing for for like the black community because mm. some people see it as a positive because obviously like Tony Todd having like such a big role and being a sort of horror icon kind of thing like that's really good but then some of the they find a bit of it a bit problematic some of the portrayal which is it's fair enough I kind of see it but then I guess it was like 1992 so sometimes things are a bit of the time aren't they um yeah, that's but yeah, true. I'll be, I'm really in, like I'm really looking forward to the new one, and I'm really upset that it's been delayed. But <gasps> I'm very excited. It was meant to be out in June, so was it? Yeah, or... it's been put back to September now, I think. So okay, but yeah, yeah, I'll it's definitely it's watch same. it. But um, at least we still got it to look forward to. That's with, it. Like, all the films that are coming out in the summer. That's We're it. We're gonna have a, a very Busy cinema season. <laughs> Definitely. A year's time. I know, yeah, God. Um, yeah, my ratings for this, I've given it a five out of five because I do think it's really good. It's classic. Gore, probably a three and a half because, like, his stump's quite disgusting. Yeah. Um, a lot of bees. The uh, bit in the toilet was quite gory. The bit in the toilet was quite gory. Yeah. Um, and hu- humour... I can't really give it any humour. It's not funny at all. <laughs> it's quite serious. It's yeah. not funny. Um, the only bit I found funny yeah. was the shoemaking machine bit. The shoemaking machine. Yeah. Yeah. Could have uh, Leprechaun could have used that shoemaking machine. It would have made his <laughs> life a lot easier. <laughs> oh. Every time I see Warwick Davis on Tenable now, I'm just like... Throw a shoe at him. Where's put him my gold? Off. Where's my gold? Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, it's de- definitely worth a watch. I think. Uh, yeah. It's a good old, a good old classic. Yeah. What are we doing next week? So next week we're gonna do the craft. Woo! Love the craft. I've actually seen that. Have you? Yeah, I saw it years ago when it was like years. It's absolute like nineties high school teen drama with witches. It's great. I love it. (laughs) And it's got Skeet Ulrich in it as well. I love Skeet Ulrich. Oh, does it? Yeah. He's not a nice guy in it, but I like him. Is he not? He's he's quite good at being not nice people, isn't he? He was he was like my crush in the (laughs) nineties. Him and uh, him and Jared Leto, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. So for next week, everybody watch the craft. 
And in the meantime, we are on Facebook at Wonderful and Strange. We are on Twitter at WNS Horrorpod. And also, we are on the emails at wonderfulandstrange at hotmail.com. If anyone wants to give us any suggestions for films or any opinions that you have, I don't know what, you know, <laughs> just, just let us know. Say hi. I about my Driftwood chest set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just say if anyone, hi. If anyone's qualified enough to give advice, I think their advice would be, don't try don't it. Don't do it, Celia, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, so... It's never worked. It's, yeah, it that might advice do. has never worked on me. Fair enough. Reverse psychology. Yes, yeah, Celia, do it. It'll be really good. Yeah, you should totally do it. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> No, nah, yeah, I don't think I will. I'll see how I get... If I get time, I might, yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah, so, yeah, watch the craft for next week and we'll be back. In the meantime, stay safe. Yep. Bye. Bye. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Presented by Climate Power Education Fund. Does big oil care about our streets flooding or our homes burning? Not according to an ExxonMobil top lobbyist. Did we aggressively fight against um, uh, some of the science? Uh, yes. You know, we were looking out for our shareholders. They care about profits, not people. Learn more at polluters.exposed.